With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. There's a very specific reasons why we're playing this song. And one of our favorite people is in the studio right now, Nick Ferguson. Welcome to Broncos Country tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, Nick Ferguson in the house. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Little spin doctors? It was, yeah. See, you, you, most people don't know this about me. When they think about my musical taste, uh-huh. it is very eclectic. That's the best way yeah. to, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, and when I was a kid... Once again, growing up in a neighborhood that I grew up, there were not too many kids listening to this type of music, like 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 deep '80s music. Uh-huh. Like I should not know who Pat Benatar is, <laughs> but I do, right? Because as they say, love just like football is a battlefield, right? There you go. They do say that. Do say, that. and we named our show temporarily the Spin Doctors because we were called that for a little while. So that's why this feels appropriate. And yes, that's a good reference there as well. For a second, hey, man. But when you said that, I was like, wait a minute. It should register what he's saying. Yep. But now, yes, now. I was trying to be on my best behavior night. This is. I was trying to be on my best behavior. Oh, you sure? Are you positive? We're good, right? man. I, I thought it was going to be Ben who was going to kind of start things off. But no, it was you. I was going to be on my best behavior tonight. I was I was going to be nice. I was going to be fun. I was just going to ignore that whole that whole angle. We're good now. Wow. Hey, we, we're, a, we're good we're, now. Yeah, yeah. We're good now. <laughs> That's, a, That's perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> I'm like, because there was a moment I was like, he's not getting it. Do I, do I, do I really say it? Do I yes, say it? yes. And he got it. Yeah, okay. I got it, yeah. We're good. Yeah, thank you for that. We need to have Chris back on, too. But this is what's great about it. It's one of the best moments in our show. Yeah. Is when he tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. Chris Barron, the lead singer of Spinbacter, came on our show. No, he did. He, he, it was the greatest. Yeah, Chris Barron saw yeah, he came him on the show tweeting about the Spin Doctors. So we got him on the show as a response, and came on the show and wanted to talk about music. So we talked music for half an hour wow. with the lead singer of the Spin Doctors. Well, that's pretty sweet, man. Yeah. 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 So, so in, in essence, I'm thanking you. Oh, you thank you, man. <laughs> I believe they referred to that was as uh, reverse psychology, yeah, that's right? That's right. That's right. Oh, that's look at you, PhD. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, we're thrilled to have Nick Ferguson in studio with us for Broncos DB. Uh, we have a lot to get to this evening. Nick's going to be in studio with us for an entire hour. That's right. We're going to talk about how the defense dominated practice today, and they did. Boy, did they. Uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson here in just a little bit and the suspension that eventually was handed down by the NFL, agreed to. But we got to start out with something very personal, and that is uh, Benjamin Albright getting pushed down the field uh, by oh, Alexis no. Perry. A video that has gone viral. Listen, Ben, you've gone viral for many reasons. All right, none of them good, and and none of them good, especially what according to your doctor. <laughs> but this one, this one, 
Dude, you folded like origami, man. I didn't, I didn't fall. Like, I slid. Hold on. Nick, Nick, you've seen the video. I've seen it. As a man that used to get hit for a living. What, 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 you like, delivered this, hits. There you go. You delivered this, hits. Yes. Delivered hits for a living. Right. What, what did you see there, man? Well, to be totally honest, it looked a little pathetic because... <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, for, for this closure, it did, it, it did because, once again, uh, I know uh, Alexa, she works out or whatever, but oh, I, just I, mean, thought, <laughs> I, I just thought Ben would be a little more stern. Okay. Maybe in his... Do you, wait, first of all, let me ask this question. Mm -hmm. Do you do you work out at all? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay what kind of workouts do you do? Here we go. I mean, every morning I do a sit-up when I get out of bed yeah, and okay. then, uh, you know, finish that sit-up. No, I, I, I mean, I, I, I haven't lifted weights in a while, but I mean, like, I run. That's about it. I'm trying to get rid of this beer gut. He so. lifts some monster drink to his face. Oh, yeah. okay. That's a... That's no, an I mean, exercise. I, I haven't done like I, I haven't I haven't lifted weights in a long time. But most of what I do is you know I try to do I try to run I try to get back in shape because I'm 41 years old I'm pathetically out of shape. Well, well I, I I tell you what uh, the idea that you're saying that you did not work out it really showed because <laughs> you, <laughs> you really slid down that hill. I, and I, and I know. Again, wait wait. Alexis didn't even bump him that hard. No, not just, at all. He just went sliding. See, that's now, the thing is he tried to sell it as though, man, she she's stronger than she knows. No, I didn't. No, I, I no, didn't. There's 100% what you, oh you did God. sell you, it like you that. Did, you did. You were like, hey, man, she's stronger than she looks. So what really happened is I had slick leather shoes on. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had Louboutins on, red-bottom shoes. You know, they're slick. And I was precariously perched on that AstroTurf. Mm. And then as soon as she hit that elbow or whatever, that's when I go start sliding down that hill. So that's what really It happened. sounds more like a lie or justification if you ask me. <laughs> it's, 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 yes. You're in here for five minutes anyway. and you already know. Yes. I'm never going to live this you down. Know. Here's one, one thing that we would say in football and it applies to everything in life. And it applies to being, you got to know your personnel. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know your personnel. Know person. <laughs> Once you know your personnel, you're good. That's the truth. Oh, is. it hurts. Not as bad as uh, my pride did after taking that fall right in front of 4,500 people at training camp. Well, and the, the funny thing is, and this is what Ben was saying yesterday. This is yesterday, the busiest day. He, he, he talked himself into it not being that big a deal, right? Right. And he's like, it's not going to be that big a deal. And then, in fact, yesterday, I'll, I'll, I'll go even a step further. He said when he saw the video, he's like, ah, you know, it actually looks better than I thought it was. I thought I flailed my arm. Oh, I thought so it was going to be worse. Like yes. in the moment, I thought I was like like Scooby doing it with the, the wheels spinning. But I had time oh, I was... to, to sit and watch that thing. And it got worse as I watched it. I'm afraid for you, man. It's like, where's your balance? <laughs> because, because. Right. I mean, right. Yeah, because, you know what? You know what? Here's the crazy thing. Yes. Ben, ben said that he was going to work on his core. Mm -hmm. Right. right. So, so th th that type of situation is where you have to engage your core. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So, so your core didn't really trigger at that time. Core being the brand of ice cream that I was going to purchase <laughs> a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to work on that tub. Yes. <laughs> Well, anyway, I, I time, to, in fairness, every time I look at it, I'm like, wow. Like, every time I look at it, I do laugh at myself for that. Because it, it was just one of those, like, perfect moment, elbow. I go flailing everywhere. And I'm like, man, this is, I will never live this down. And then and then to to sort of add insult to injury, if you will, Alexis with the, the I'm going to reach down for you, but I'm not really trying right. to help she, she's you. She's like pointing. She wasn't reaching a hand out <laughs> to help. She's like pointing and laughing. <laughs> there was no help. <laughs> That, that's, Bro, what made, that's what made it worse. So last night when people, after people started seeing it, like, like one of our friends, you know who it is, one of our friends who's a, a, an offensive coordinator in the NFC East texted me last night. He's like, Bro, Bro, you are never living that one down. It's true. So go to, you should not have posted that. I mean, I'm glad you posted it for me. And for oh, Nick yeah, here, it, it was great for me. For, the, for, oh, it's, for know, I, I really America. It. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you posted that. The world needed to see it. It's now got 100,000 views. Yes. An example of what not to do. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> don't be Benjamin Albright. Yes. <laughs> don't be I, to be to be perfectly fair though, I'm always good laughing at myself, so I'm okay with it. Okay. All right. I'm all right. I'm well, good. You know, you. I like to laugh at everything. I'll laugh at other people, I'll laugh at myself. Right, we'll I deserve move. this one. Listen, we'll move on. Did you get rid of the shoes at least? Are they done? Like you're never Dude, gonna those put those on. Thousand dollar Italian loafers. What do you think I'm gonna get wait, rid wait, of? Them? Hold on, wait. First of all, it's a Broncos <laughs> practice. It's not a Hollywood red carpet. Why are you wearing thousand dollar shoes at the Broncos practice? I didn't do TV that day. I had a sport Don't. jacket. Too. I had a sport coat too that I okay. took off because it was ninety seven degrees out there. All right, Ben, you said TV. The last time I checked, they never show your shoes on TV. <laughs> they showed up in that shot. Yeah, because you fell. Right? That's why they showed it. That's the only reason why. But no one wears a thousand dollar pair of shoes. I, said, I mean, like I don't have cheap dress shoes. I don't. I just don't. Mm. Again, wow. if you want to see it, go to Adalbright NFL. It's trending currently on Twitter. We got to get to today's show, uh, which is about the Broncos dominating practice. I'll ask you first, Nick, does that concern you? Because it's always the two side of the coin, right? Does that concern you about the offense or does that have you hyped about the defense? Well, it has me hyped about the defense because when we look at how this defense played over the last three seasons on the Vic Fangio, we thought that, especially I did, that they were going to go out and be a top five defense. And they were anything but because they couldn't get off the field on third down. And that was doing part because the offense really couldn't move the chains on third down. So they were exhausted 60, 70 plays a, a game. But I'm excited about Azura Evero and what he's bringing oh, yeah. to this team. And, and now – we have more depth on this team at certain key positions than we had before. But I will tell you this. I wouldn't be concerned about the offense because here's what we do know. If you get beat down in practice by your defense, guess what it should make you better at once you get to the game? Better playing offense, mm -hmm. right? Should it not? But – I, I know how the media works here, oh. right? And they're going to grab onto and latch onto saying, the man? idea that, hey, the, the Broncos' offense isn't that great. We're going to talk about the offensive line. We're going to criticize Jerry Judy. We're going to criticize <laughs> Russell Wilson. Oh, wait a minute. I mean, that, that's going to happen. Well, that's what Ryan Ember, you said that every member of that offense should be locked in a closet never allowed to touch a football again. That's just, what you were saying just earlier today. Just wow. because you're feeling down, don't bring me into your misery. <laughs> I never said that. And we know exactly who would say those things. <laughs> right. But that, it, 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 actually laughs. Right. Iron, <laughs> I can't even do this, he man. Knows. I'm trying. <laughs> hey, don't bring that in here. I'm trying to pull it away. From, how am I the one trying to? Anyway. Iron sharp desire. Tell how it is, Iron, iron sharp desire. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, iron sharp desire, man. And that's the thing. Anytime you're going up against, you just said, anytime you're going up against a good defense, that's going to make you better as an offense. You know, the, the, look at the way they look. Look at the way the offense looked against Dallas. They didn't come out there. They were, and, and Micah Parsons was wreaking havoc to Dallas's grass. Yes. But look at how they looked against Dallas's defense. Dallas's defense isn't bad. They're not bad. And they went out there and, and beat the brakes off them. On the uh, KOA Central text line, 56690. First one, sup, Nick Ferguson. Second one, Ben's walk shuffle of shame up the hill while Alexis half-heartedly oh, extended her <laughs> oh, arms to pull him back. Dude, that was the worst part of it. Amazing. Like, I got to you, the, oh, falling, no. the falling was the worst part, like the funniest part for you guys. The worst part of all that was the flop and then having to get back up and walk, like shuffle up that hill with all these people like, what happened to that guy? Well, see, and that, that's the first thing that people have been telling me. They asking me, like, did he did he flop that? Did he Was he, was he trying to make Alexis feel good? Like, what, what was he doing there? No. That was all you? It was all me. <laughs> I guess lessons learned not to wear uh, what what Louboutins, Louboutins, Christian Louboutins. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, loafers, Does thousand it? dollar shoes. Mm -hmm. Might I add, uh, life is great for Benjamin Albright because I don't even have a pair of those. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's like, like Megan Stallion talks about the shoes with the red bottoms. That's what I'm, that's what they are. I, I have no idea. Okay. I've, I, I've only heard about them. 
Oh. But, but I don't have a pair of my own. Oh, okay. yeah. We got Nick Ferguson in studio. <laughs> We're going to come back. It was kind of a bizarro day for the offense. I'll explain that. But first, let's get a quick check of traffic with Katie Mitchell. Yeah, Grant never misses. If you make a, re- a musical reference on this show... Yeah. He's going to play it. And sometimes it's even like the end of the show. You'll make something. You'll say something in the first segment. And we'll be going into the last segment of the night. Like forever from now. And he'll bump back with it. And it's like, there it is. That means he's listening. He pays attention. He, yes, he yeah. pays attention. Yes. I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that. Nick Ferguson in studio. It's Broncos country tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. We got Rick Lewis, color analyst for the Broncos, coming up at 7 05 tonight. Damari Mathis. We're going to talk to Damari Mathis coming up at 6.35. He's also going to join us at 8.05. So all sorts of cool stuff here on the program. Thrilled to have Nick Ferguson in studio. It was a bizarro day for the Broncos offense because, Nick, they've been really good in the red zone so far during training camp, but kind of mixed results in the two minutes. Today was the opposite. Today, they could not do anything right in the red zone. Like anything, it got to a point where Russell Wilson had to bring the entirety of the offense together in a huddle as the defense, by the way, threw insults at them from the side. <laughs> I just love that watching uh, Kareem Jackson oh, man. just kind of talk the entire practice. Whole practice. Yes. And, and Coach Hackett, full disclosure, he encourages it, right? He actually goes and hugs the defense mm-hmm. right before they start those team type drills. And I'm wondering if, if I'm an offensive player, mm-hmm. would that not piss you off just a little, a little bit? Just kind of dig at you. But this is one of those things that you actually deal with once you start to prepare for the season. You're going to have days where the offense rules and other days where the defense just kind of kick butt. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are Russell Wilson, and and I can totally understand getting everyone together, this is where you make your money inside the red zone. The field is reduced, but this is where you need to be more efficient because now we are really reacting to you. And those little short, quick dump offs, Mm -hmm. they're there. But the two minutes, meanwhile, Broncos were great today on the two minute. They're moving the ball. Yeah, they're moving. Well, they the got ball. a touchdown. Yeah, we. It's been. I can't. Even, I think I can't even remember the last time they had a touchdown in the two minute training camp included. To be honest, it was all field goal attempts. Mm-hmm. Can you guys think of a time they've had a two minute touchdown with the first team? No, the first no. team though. Didn't they have uh, really, maybe the first day, like like early, early in camp? When was the last score they had in the oh, no, preseason they did, they game? They did have one. Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn had a two, in the two-minute right, drill. Yeah, he did. Very first or second day of training camp, they had one touchdown. Everything else has been field goal. But today, deep shot to Brandon Johnson, who's been phenomenal, by mm-hmm. the way. And then a touchdown to Brandon Johnson a little later on. My point is, these are reasons why the Broncos offense needs to play in the preseason. We have to, we have to as a group here, we have to send that out. Right? No, you agree? No, I I really don't because when you when you say that, let me let me clarify. When you say they need to play together, does that mean that you're recommending that Russell Wilson plays in yes, the preseason? Hundred percent. No, I, I disagree. Now my, the offensive line. Wait, wait. Because no, think, come on, hold on. Think, wait, think about what we're talking about. I mean, Ben already said that you think that the offensive line should be in a closet somewhere. Right? <laughs> yeah, I never said well, that. Never allowed to touch a football again. And that, <laughs> right, I'm, exactly. I'm just quoting you, Ryan. Right. I don't. Right, right. So if that's the case, <laughs> Ryan, if that's the case, <laughs> then the offensive line should be the group that's out there because that is somewhat of still of a concern. So well, this is what's going to happen. You guys know this, right? Seattle Week One is going to be the first time the offense takes the field. Against an opponent. I mean, again, they have the scrimmage with the Dallas Cowboys, but that's not the same thing. 
Come on now, you're going to tell me you're okay I I mean, with I'm, them working out the kinks in I, real time? I'd want them to get like a series or two. I don't want them to get a ton. I just want them to get punched in the mouth just once. Just just one time before you get into a regular game. I want to be popped in the mouth one time. I just, you know, so you're not getting popped in live action. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I understand what you're saying, but for me, I don't really need to see anything from Russell in preseason to prove that. What we need to see is from the offensive line, mm -hmm. right? I mean, what, what were the things that we were talking about before after the game against the Cowboys? Well, I thought Nathaniel Hack said he wants to run the ball. Mm -hmm. Well, they were ineffective running the ball. That's right. I want to see them run the ball. Like yeah. like playing against the, the Bills, knowing as though you're going to get the first team, the first four plays, don't call the pass, all runs. E even, even if you're, you're not successful, we want to establish that brute force mentality right off the bat. That's what you want to see. And okay. Buffalo was a team you could run on last year. Even with their starters, you could run on them. So if yes. you can't run on them now, that, that's a problem. So then the idea is, and of course we already saw Nathaniel Hackett just stayed with the run even though it wasn't working. You're saying just keep doing it until the guys get it, even if it's demoralizing. It, it is the preseason. What did we see in the, in the Cowboys game? How many times they went for fourth and two, fourth mm -hmm. and one? Yeah. So so why not why not try it? What's the worst that can happen? You get those live reps where that offensive line group now starts to jail because what's the biggest issue? Mm -hmm. Who's playing right tackle? Right. Do you know? I don't know. Well, depending on the day, well, it might be Cam Fleming. Yeah, right, exactly. sort of <laughs> but, I mean, that, but that's exactly it. In the preseason, everything matters except the final score. Who cares what the scoreboard says? Well, You're out there practicing concept. Uh, sure, but there's a certain amount, and even Nathaniel Hackett referenced this on Monday after the game, there's a certain amount where things aren't working and he has to sort of mix it up because he wants the guys to have some wins. There, there's a little bit of a, and again, you can tell me better than I, I would know, but there's a little bit of a demoralizing effect when you're continually doing the wrong thing, right? Or the thing that's not working. That's a better way to put it. And then the head coach needs to be able to be mindful of that and say, no, we, we got to figure some things out here in order for my guys to get some wins, to build some confidence out there. So if he just goes out there and starts running the ball, and, and I want to add one more thing to what you just said, and then I get your response. If you have Josh Johnson out there versus Russell Wilson, how do you really know what you're getting out of the run game? Because the defense doesn't have to respect Josh Johnson the same way they respect Russell Wilson. Well, you don't need Russell in there to determine what the defense is going to do against the run game anyway, because guess what Russell's doing? He's handing the ball off. No, 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 no. What, what, what hey, should hey, we know? No, no, I'm telling you no. I'm saying that play action does not work the same way. I watched Case Keenum out there. I saw Joe Flacco. It is not the same conversation when you're talking about a subpar quarterback versus a top 10, top 8 quarterback in the league. It's not the same conversation. But you're still talking about a guy who is uh, proven in the league, and it's play action. You hand the ball off, and then the next go-round, you show the defense that you're going to hand it off, and Nick, you pull it out and you run. Nick, you're a defensive player. You can't possibly believe this. Oh, why not? Because all it is is timing. You're working on timing, carrying right. out the fake. And trying to carry it. The whole offense is predicated. Look at the guys Mike Shanahan's had in this offense. Guys like Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo the defense, aren't out there out sprinting everybody. If the defense doesn't get out of here. The, you get out of here. <laughs> if the defense doesn't respect the quarterback, they load the box, and then they, they basically say, I dare you to beat us with your arm. But the only reason they will not respect that quarterback if they don't respect his mobility. I mean, Josh Johnson isn't Russell, Come on. And, but he still can move around in the pocket. So, so can Drew Locke. Move like how? <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to throw shade on Drew, but we seen Drew. He doesn't know how to fall on the ground. Drew looks. Drew looks like a wounded giraffe out there exactly. trying to run, man. And, and that he's on the TV right now. Oh, he's, I guess he's not. Not tonight. Not tonight. Never mind. That, that didn't scare anyone when they faced the Denver Broncos. But you know, if you have Russell, that would definitely do it. Nick Ferguson in studio with us. Benjamin Albright, Ryan Edwards. When we come back, Nick Ferguson is going to detail the transition from college as a cornerback, as a DB, to the pros. Why that challenge 
can basically show us who's good and who's not. We'll get to that next. 635 Broncos Country tonight on KOA. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, Nick Ferguson, former Broncos defensive back in studio with us. 303-713-8585. is our KOA Centurell text line. If you ever miss any parts of the show, Broncos Country tonight, subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This with your best shot. The microphone in the upper corner. You can also leave us messages there. We'd love to hear from you. All right, so I've been dying to have this conversation with you. All right, because when a defensive back comes in on a college, sometimes it's a bit of a mixed bag, right? We see the Pats or Tans of the world where, holy cow, they just get it. And then you see guys that come in, and uh, who's the guy that went to Detroit uh, a couple of years ago that was a number three overall pick? I'm spacing his name, Ben. I'm sorry? The, the, the DB that went uh, from Soft Detroit. No, 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 no. Oh, that, Okuda. Just, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Okuda, Okuda. Jeff sorry. Okuda. Struggled early on. Explain to me, because this is going to tie into our Damari Mathis conversation coming up at 8.05 tonight. Explain to me the challenge that it is coming from college to the pros. Well, the receivers are so much more skilled. And I know that sounds like, well, how is that the case considering that these guys have at one point played their collegiate ball, now they're NFL players. But it's about route running, precision route running. This is one for me. This is why I thought, when you know, Jerry Judy coming out of Alabama, mm-hmm. he was one of those top receivers, and so was C.D. Lamb, because it was precise route running. When you are a, a DB, and let's look at the case of Damari Mathis, he was so used to playing a lot of man coverage. When you play man coverage, and like Herman Edwards, my former D, uh, head coach for the New York Jets, was, would call it, you're playing what they consider cat coverage, which means, though, you have that cat, you have that cat. Wherever he goes, mm-hmm. you follow him around. But once you start to make that guy play further away from the ball, I'm like five yards, six, nine yards, now that guy has to expand his vision, and he's not used to seeing. That's that's too much. And you have too many guys moving around because there's motion, and it becomes quite confusing. So trying to get a guy, and I know it's hard for people to understand that, hey, he's playing press, and now he's moving back further off the, away from the ball, it could be quite confusing for the player. Well, DeMar Mathis alluded to that today, and we'll get to that interview a little bit later, but DeMar Mathis, when he was talking to us, he's like, yeah, the biggest adjustment is moving back. You know, they, I used to be impressed, man, now I'm back five yards, and I've seen it different, and he kind of alluded to that in that interview. But the challenge of that, and again, you're doing that with <laughs> the added measure of the difficulty of the receiver you're covering, because these are all professionals now, and they're the best of the best, right? I mean, anybody that's drafted in the NFL, the small percentage that actually played from college football, it's it's enormous. So I, I, I look at that and I say, okay, is there something you can do to know that a guy is going to be able to pick it up so fast, like we saw with Pastor Tan? Or is, is there something we see? Is there a trait that you look for? No, there's not necessarily a, a trait that you can identify because when we look at these players, it's always height, weight, speed, yeah. right? But this is where you as a staff have to identify guys based on what you do 
in your defense. When you look at Juro Evero and what they were running with the Rams, they ran a version of both man and zone. So you want players who are smart players. That's not to say that Demari Mathis cannot fall into that that role. And the more he sees things from being off, the better he will definitely become. Because the one thing he does have that you love as a coach, because he has that instinct. He has that toughness. He may not have it right now to a level where PS2 has it, but he definitely has it enough where they thought he was valuable enough to go out and actually draft him. Oh, I like him. I love his physicality as well. And so for me, like one of the things I love about defensive backs, especially coming out of college, is that they're not afraid to mix it up a little bit. Like I, I like J.C. Horn last year, Yeah. right? That was my guy. That was my top guy. I like Pestertan too, but uh, he was more of a the technician, just super smooth, right? But J.C. Horn was like a keep to leave to me. Like he'd go out there and he'd talk some trash and he'd get up in your grill and, and he's, he felt like a guy that you could kind of set up almost in any scenario and he'd be a tone setting guy. Am I over? Am I overreading on that? No, 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 you're not. And, and just kind of uh, talk about Demari Mathis for a second. He, here's who he reminds me of. He reminds me of Darren Williams. Oh, I love mm, that. Right? Yeah. Oh, I love and, and, that. And here's why you, you're talking about having that that attitude, that grit yeah. to him, and a guy who is physical and who wants to challenge himself and other players. That's who Demari Mathis is. And early on in um, I guess OTAs and mini in minicamp, I had a chance to talk to him, and I told him that I say, look. You are wearing number 27. Mm-hmm. And for me, being you know a fan of the Broncos, there's two people who I love who wore 27. Darren was one of them, and Steve Atwater was the other. Huh. So I said, well, you, you, you carry this number with broad shoulders, and you have to go out there and live up to those expectations. So he knows what he has to do, but the, the guy, when you watch him in practice, to me, it, it's, you don't want to wish that anyone is injured. But Ronald Darby being injured has been the best thing for Damari Mathis and Michael Ojemudia. They're getting a lot of playing time, which is going to make this secondary that much better this season. You think Damari Mathis has lapped Ojemudia on the depth chart so far? Because it looks close to me. No, no, he hasn't. There's still a lot that he has to do because, once again, when we take what we're seeing in practice, we now have to take that to the games. What are we seeing in the games? Which guy is actually making plays? And that preseason game before Michael Jumudia went out, he, he was showing up. He was flashing. He, mm. he looked sort of like when he, he was in practice. Mm. But but I know, here's the thing. I see you throwing your hands up, Ryan. There's been a lot of criticism Tell him, about Tell you know, Michael Ojemudia and about the fact that, well, he may not make this team and how bad he is as a corner, being, being as though he was drafted in the third round. He hasn't lived up to expectations. But I will say this to you, if, Benjamin, <laughs> if you're one of those individuals. He is. I'm right? not. Oh, okay. When we look at how Michael Jamudia was not set up for success under Vic Fangio, mm-hmm. that tells a lot. Yeah. And if you watch practice on the Juro Evero, look how well he's playing opposed to what he played like before. So you got to give it some time because we got to get that bad taste out of the mouth, right? We're all trying to forget you falling down the hill. <laughs> we're, we're trying to forget that. We want to forget that, but we can't. We can't. We can't forget it. I'm trying to get it out of my mind. Oh. I'm saying, Ben, give me another. Give me another memory. But that's right the best, now, that's the best metaphor ever because it's it, going to be relatable forever. Exactly. So give the kid an opportunity, and we're going to see him shine. I, I, the only thing I said about Oji Moody was he wasn't guaranteed a roster spot. No you, one's guaranteed. Could, well, I mean, K1 and, and oh, Sertan, oh, oh. You, you understand? Like, with, with, with those exceptions, right? Right. But I'm saying. Like he was like I was saying, there's there's four or five guys here fighting for four or five for three four spots, right? 
So bless Austin, St. Bassey, Ojemudi, Amathis, and Fayon Hicks. That's five guys that are probably fighting for three to four spots, depending on how many corners you keep. True, Ben. So, but which but which guy have you watched in practice? Right. From, from, from OTA's minicamps to now, who have been showing up? Well, and, and OJ has shown up. Exactly. Bless Austin started off hot. It's fallen off a little bit. So, and, that was, and so has this, Bayon Hicks. Right. And this conversation that we were having started, it was back when OJ had that bad week and a half, and then and Bless was having a good week. And, and this is the thing about, uh, you know, we were talking about having the, the context of all of practice to, rather than these micro-narratives day by day, because that's what happens. I, you get sucked into a take like that, and then I wind up looking like an idiot a week and a half later when OJ's looking good. Well, here's a great or thing. Or you could be it. like me and was right all along. But anyway, <laughs> by the way, the, uh, the the pancake dinner for uh, the Ojemudia fan club, Ryan Edwards. When is that? Uh, when is that happening? Saturday night. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. Yes. yes. After the game, yeah. after he gets the two pan- picks, after he gets two pick sixes, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into that after that. Hey, we got a lot of texts coming in on the KOA Central text line. We're to get to that. Nick Ferguson in studio, but right now let's get a quick check of traffic with Katie Mitchell. On the KOA Centurial text line 56690, Ryan always gets heated at guests. Thought he was going to go Fallon's Barry Gibb and start kicking tables. I'm Barry Gibb! <laughs> I told you. I told you. I told you are going to love that one. Uh, Nick is the best guest in studio you have ever had. Awesome dude. Woo! Take it. I appreciate that. Oh, that? Yes. Nick Ferguson, this one. Having Nick the Phantom Ferguson in for the first segment was perfect. <laughs> Can I explain to you exactly uh, that, that reference? Oh, that was a Billy Zane yeah, reference. Yeah, I was going to say, is that a Billy Zane reference from the movie? Well, I, I, I do like the, the, the Phantom. Okay. Yes. But uh, no, the, the way the story we're goes. We're so old. <laughs> <laughs> we're so old that we're both thinking Billy Zane at the same time. That's terrible, man. <laughs> oh, but no, that, that would mean that you guys are fans of comic books. That's what that, that would mean. Is, yes, thank you, Nick. Yeah, see, there it thank is. You. I just want to clean it up for you guys. But, but no, the reason uh, I'm being called the Phantom is because when I played for the New York Jets and I was on a practice squad for the Buffalo Bills, I came over and like almost like being stolen the thief in the night by Bill Parcells mm. and the Jets. And when I was there, I was brought in because of my ability to play special teams. So I had been there like three games and I didn't have a special teams tackle. So I'm working out in the gym, and I'm, I'm trying to walk through the doors, right? Okay. And all of a sudden, Bill Parcells and Brian Cox walk in. And I'm thinking, okay, well, how, how can I exit stage left quickly and avoid these two people? So Parcells tell, ask Brian Cox, well, hey, man, tell me what you think about this Ferguson kid. And he was like, well, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's got a little a strong foundation to him. You know, a tough kid out of Miami, whatever. And I... I'll give you the PC version, you know. <laughs> Bill was just like, you know, uh, cow chips. Cow <laughs> chips, right? Cow <laughs> chips, that's what he said. Cow <laughs> chips. I don't believe that. And he was just like, well, let me tell you who this kid is. I brought him in here thinking that he's going to come out and make our special teams unit that much better. He hasn't made a freaking tackle yet in three games. So he was like, from now on, you are the phantom. So for a while, that's what they call the me. The, 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 the fans. I, I, I go to special teams meeting. Mike Sweatman is a special teams coach. Mm. Now, mind you, I'm only there three games, so he doesn't really know me that well. He was like, well, we are not performing well on special teams. We got guys who just got here, and they have nicknames by the name of the Phantom. So that was the name that followed me during my time with the Jets 
calling me fandom. So uh, thank you. Someone has heard that story <laughs> and decided to uh, pull that out. Really Love appreciate that. it. Love that. Nick Ferguson in studio with us. All right, I want to go back to this conversation about DBs. And, and we were talking about Damari Mathis and the opportunities he's getting with the first team. Michael Ojemudia, same thing. And, and I asked Damari about this, but I'd love to know from your perspective about the communication. Because when you're going back and forth with first team, second team, it, it, they're all talented players, but we're talking about playing next to Justin Simmons, playing with Pat Sertan, Kareem Jackson, and then you get to the second team. And again, good players, but not the guys that are going to be out there all the time. Uh, he made it sound like that's not really that big of a shift. It seems like a big one to me, like as if you were going to play first team offensive line, second team offensive line. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, well I got this guard next to me here. The next team I'm going to be playing with, like, do we don't see things the same way? Well, it all depends on who you're playing with. And, and, and for, Damari Mathis, if you're playing with the second unit, think about the second unit safeties you're talking about. Caden Stearns and P.J. Locke. That's not a bad group. I mean, it could get much worse, but now it goes back to how well do we, we, we know each other. Like your communication with Ben, you've been working together, what, how long? Three years? Yeah, right, four years. Right, right. So, so almost like, like ESP, like the whole Phantom thing and Billy Zane. <laughs> See, both of you guys picked up on that. That's yep. because you've been working with someone for an extended period of time and you know how... The, the right hand knows how the left hand thinks. So for, for if the safeties were not that talented, maybe you would have that issue. But that tells you or signifies to me how well this group is coming together cohesively and the fact that we're not only developing the first unit, but that second unit could possibly play and be starters for maybe another team. Do you believe that? I, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I know fans hearing that, they're like, oh, well, Nick, you're just being a homer. But no, I, when I sit there and I watch practice, I watch day by day how guys get better, mm -hmm. what that communication is like. Because when I played with Champ and John Lynch, we communicated, but it was nonverbal. That's my point. It was nonverbal. That's mm -hmm. my point. Is 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 it too fast back there? And we've seen that. I remember when Justin Simmons got inserted into the secondary as the starter and they moved on from TJ Ward. And things were not the same. And it wasn't all Justin's fault. It was just they were able to do things with TJ Ward and Darian Seward back there. And with the rest of that secondary, Chris Harris and Nikita Tlaib, they were able to do things back there because they already knew what each other were, were looking at. But this is why the whole idea of Ronald Darby missing a couple of days of practice. is so valuable. Kwan Williams yeah. missing those days mm -hmm. because it gave those other guys valuable time that they would ordinarily get. It's a good point. Get, mm -hmm. Right? Is this, is this the best unit on this team? I mean, Ben and I have been debating this. Is this the best unit on this team? The secondary? The secondary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say because having K-Jack back, knowing as though he's worked with Justin Simmons before, their level of communication, both verbal Tell and nonverbal, non mm -hmm. that, 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 that helps out. And you can say what you want to say about Ronald Darby, but he would be a very valuable piece in this defense, especially knowing as though the edge rushers that we have. So this is by far, in my mind, the best group on this team. That's, well, four, I, that's four L's you've taken in this it's one four hour. L's. Oh my four God, L's. your imagination is running wild four right L's. now. You 0 for 4? No. 0 for wow. 4. And I think, I think Darby might be one of the more underrated corners in the league. <laughs> I mean, like, he doesn't get the interceptions because he get you know, the, the hand problem. But, I mean, he does get in there and get PBUs at a, at a great rate. And that's, yeah. you know, he's, he's got disruptive hands. I think he's a great corner. And so I agree that it is, in fact, I was the one who said they were the best unit uh -oh. on this team. Uh -oh. Okay, here it is. Now, I was wondering how was Ben going to get himself yeah. back in the mix. This is how it is. This is, this is we, that's, I'm the one that said it. How do we get you back in the win column? Yeah, this is him down at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. I said the secondary was great. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis, Alexis, extend your hand. Yes. Help me. Somebody yeah. help me up the hill. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thanks, Alexis. <laughs>
And then there's me and Lexus pointing down the hill like, we'll no, just point you didn't. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, when, I, when I go back to that whole idea of what happened to Ben, I just go back to the movie scene and uh, the Titanic. You know, when... when Rose. We, yes. She could have let Jack, you know, sit yeah. on the door. Yeah, right. It's the second time we've compared Ryan to a woman in 60 seconds. Wow. <laughs> I don't... I, I wait, don't, a minute, wait a minute, wait what? Who, who compared Ryan to a woman? Yeah, I just said thanks to Alexis a minute ago when he was talking uh, about being the one pointing. And yeah. now you're saying you're Rose on the door. Okay. You just let me drown. <laughs> it's my radio partner there. Just let me drown. There's so we, much room we got on room door. on this raft. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Ryan's out here starfishing on the door. Uh, this one, based on previous combos with Nick, moving forward, we are only allowed to call him the Phantom. I don't know if that's a compliment, though. I mean, it's a cool name, but it's like they, they, they were using that as basically a way to say you're not doing your job well but it, i look at at it as a badge of honor because it did propel me forward to go out and make tackles so i went there we go what, there we and, go and billy zane Motivated. did a great job billy zane was great yes. yes i agree yes it was the second best role he ever played the other one was Derek zoolander's best friend no his best role was in uh tombstone Wait. No. <laughs> All right, this is another show. We're going to do another show on that. Nick Ferguson, thank you, man. Hey, appreciate, appreciate it, guys. It. Thank you. Rick Lewis comes up next. Broncos Country Tonight. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.